Okay, I'm with actor, writer, producer, Chris Chergliaferra. The screening is the short film play at the Comedy Film Festival. It's 12 minutes. It's funny. It's a film, I guess, about the film industry. But what I guess it's one of those, I always, these films always uh, scare me a little bit because you don't want it to be too insider where where the anybody who doesn't work in the industry doesn't know what's going on. But you kind of like found that line where like, Yes, there's a lot of jokes that someone like myself, like obviously you wrote the screenplay, you work in the industry, can laugh at, but still has that that emotion that anybody can understand regulations, that the red tape madness of the world that we live in, and we kind of kind of can relate to it. So that's my spin on your on your terrific film. So how's it going, Chris? Going well, going well. I think that's a terrific spin. <laughs> So, okay, so tell me about, okay, so this is kind of like uh, people give you a back, uh, people, this guy's actor's going to the audition, and the character you're playing is the, the SAG-AFTRA kind of uh, rules and regulations guy, I guess, right? Correct. When you wrote the script, did you want to play the always, I, I was curious, because you wrote the script, usually, like, sometimes you want to play the other role. Because you're like, you're the lead, and you're like, you're the guy who's reacting, but you want the, you always want to play this role? I, I did. I did. It was um, it was something to where I just thought this would be. I really like cat and mouse games. I really like cat and mouse scenes. And uh, yeah, I hadn't uh, played a character like this. So I wanted to kind of create one for myself uh, with that. Uh, and I think it would be fun to play the other one. But Matt was just so perfect for it that it just it just fell into place. So Matthew Brown was the the guy, your your co-actor. So when did you write this script? When did you come up with this idea? I wrote this thing seven years ago. Um, it was kind of at the height of screener. So as as time went on, each year I'd be like, I might shoot it this year. So I would update the screeners in the script. Um, and then uh, eventually we ended up shooting it. But I think it was, this is the first thing I've ever made. And a lot of it was... You know, just kind of, I had all the excuses before. And then I finally just said, you know, I, a lot of times if you're going to make something, you're like, oh, what if it's bad? What if people don't like it? And then I just told myself, it's like, I don't care about the outcome of this. We're going to have a good time filming it. We're going to do it in a day, uh, at least the principal filming. And uh, we'll get it done and we'll just see how people react to it. And it's it's been really good. It's been really positive and it was a very fun experience. Well, you have that, but people don't know, you have that day job. You are a voice actor. Uh, so you have, according to IMDb, right now you have 74 voice actor credits. But most, like a lot of video games, you do, you're a video game uh, voice actor expert, I guess, right? Yeah, I would, I would kind of say that. <laughs> I, I even teach a workshop called Grunt Work, and it's all about how to do efforts and uh, kind of play those heavier characters. Not necessarily heavier, but those action-based characters because many games if it's a big title like god god of war ragnarok that just came out yeah i'm several different enemies in that and i've kind of made a market for myself of being able to properly scream in a two-hour session not lose my voice to protect myself make it sound realistic and so yeah there's and i grew up being a gamer so it just kind of I, I know what it's supposed to sound like, and I know that intensity with it. So that's kind of led to why I've done a bulk of my work in video games. So not to sound corny, but what I guess when your parents told you to stop playing video games, but <laughs> I, you know, I, I guess if you uh, you can laugh at them now and say, "Look at look at the career I've made." 
<laughs> yeah. It's it's also good like now because anytime I I, I um stream for uh on Twitch for fans and now I can just be like, well, I'm playing video games, but it's you know, it's my job, you know, <laughs> I'm doing research. So this I just just to jump uh finish this off before we get to your film. What, what, how did you feel the first time your voice was on a video game and you like picked it up or you got the version and you heard yourself on the video game that you're playing? How did that feel? That's that's a really good. No one's a, I could do a lot of conventions, so I get a lot of questions. Uh, I it was the my first video game credit was Little Big Planet Karting, and actually the character in that it was one of the harder ones I've had to do because it, it the character was serious Oculus. And he com he uh, communicated through a made up language, so my basically words would be on screen, but I would be going uh -huh. like basically kind of like getting the meaning of the sentence there. But I remember whenever I I got to that part and hearing it, it was just really neat to see how oh gosh that is me and I'm in this thing. Uh, Wow, I haven't thought about that because that was just so long ago. And I saw when I was in Grand Theft Auto the first time and I was actually able to hear myself say words. It was yeah. a it was um it, it really neat experience and something I probably need to remind myself more now that it's become more commonplace to not lose that kind of like, oh, wow, this is neat. Yeah, no, that must have been that must have been the coolest feeling in the world. And like one last uh, uh, conventional question, I guess. I'm sure you've gotten this before. What's your favorite video game that you've been in? A uh, favorite video game that I've been in was probably I was the main villain in Marvel vs. Capcom Ultra Ultron Sigma. And that was cool because when I was going around town, my character was plastered up everywhere and uh, he was the main villain, you know, and he there was a scene where he beats up Thanos and, and things like that. And I brought a lot to that role since I was the main bad guy. The game ended up failing spectacularly complete failure for and it was an established property it was a uh, capcom and marvel yeah it's marvel and, it's a marvel universe film video game how can how why did it fail yeah it, it uh it came out about a year it literally came out a year before infinity war but the problem was that this storyline was not part of the mcu so marvel very much just kind of put it to the side since it didn't as, as you know now like it's their universe is so intertwined and if it's not in there it's it's just persona non grata and this was a different it still had the it's the infinity gauntlet and all that but since it was a different retelling they just said this is not in our plans of what we want to do so they very much put it out there and then no support afterwards oh, no God. marketing no it's like a, it's like a film it's like a movie that that they just put out there because they made it but they don't they're not putting any marketing they're not talking about it so completely and i always feel for you know it's like oh why'd this thing flop and it's it's really is uh a lot of times with films it's just like well they withdrew support like you yeah. need the marketing you need because there's so many times if you think about films where it's like you see all the hype before and then a week later you hear nothing and in your own head you'll kind of think about it once and be like oh well since i haven't heard about it since then it must have been bad yeah otherwise it will be going on well netflix does that like in the, where we live in the streaming service world they do that all the time where like if they believe in something they'll promote it on their front page but there's all there's all kinds of films that they produce quote unquote but then they, they put on their streaming service but it gets lost in the ether of of netflix because they don't care about it they just they, you know what i mean so happens all the time completely there was a, a what was it? A, 
um it was like what was the title Wendell and someone else it was um one of Jordan Peele's something he was involved in and they th that kind of happened to them it just got shot out there and then it was done all right so let's talk about the screening so you like you said this is the first thing that you've ever done so what what propelled it to be your first thing that you've ever kind of produced yourself uh it i liked i thought it was originally i i was writing it because it's like i kind of want to showcase that i can a lot of times with voice acting they'll say uh, uh, uh with whether it be commercials or certain auditions they'll they'll say no voice actors we want real actors which is so insulting because voice yeah. acting is completely acting uh, so this was kind of my way of, I, I was I was friends with Matt um, and we studied at Playhouse West together and I always wanted to do something with him. So I, in my own head, I was like, well, if I'm not going to get cast in anything, since I'm mainly just always doing voiceover, I was like, Let, let's make this and see how it goes and see how I like it. And uh, yeah, and then we uh, put it out there. So then you can, now you can show your agent and I guess it's like almost like a Right, right. Yeah, it um you know, we won, uh, there was one award we won for uh, best performances and something. And that was, that was a really neat thing because it was, uh, yeah, it was, um, that was the first award I've won for acting and that was just it, for anything. And so it was just nice. So you got, so it's one location, like I said, the backdrop is that this guy's going in for the audition and he gets stopped by the, the SAG agent, I guess. Right. Which, which is a true thing, right. I guess. And, He's throwing out like, is this is where did you come up with this idea? If you like, I know this is kind of over the top, but if you faced a gentleman like yourself, like the role that you played in real life, there was one. This is it's funny you bring that up because uh, there were two inspirations for it. One of the things is the thing that happened in college, and another one was a uh, bookman from Seinfeld who took his job as a library. Um, he was like a library detective going for overdue books, but he took it so seriously yeah. that it was pretty funny. I remember but that. No, there was a, I was back in college back in like 2002, 2006. And there was a time where I got called in. My internet stopped working on my uh, laptop. And I got called in and I go into a room with no windows and they shut the door behind me. And it's two guys there. And they're basically, they're, so stern with me because they said it was a, during the time of file sharing, like was just like was it Kazam? Yeah, it was Kazam and LimeWire, and yeah. I, I was just doing sharing music. But they sat me down in there, and they were like, "You, your computer," because I, I was very much I'll just keep it up so anyone can take it. They're like, "Your computer was using seventy five percent of the bandwidth of this entire block," and they're like, "We're pretty sure part of it was pirated," and I was like, "Oh." god um but i mean it was just so <laughs> deathly serious something that i think could have been like a sternly written email uh so yeah i've just always liked uh any situation one of the, my favorite things about comedy is when people take something so serious that just doesn't doesn't need to be yeah. but the people in the scene it's life or death yeah and then, so that's that's sort of the seed of this kind of like uh this, the, yeah, that's that, that's interesting. Where it's like, yeah, you're right. That is that is a good comedic kind of sequence, right? Where like, mm -hmm. yeah, where because because you the, the guy the character you're playing is you you're kind of making a, a drama in a sense, right? Right. It's, it's it's interesting going to the screenings and there are things I would. It was my first thing I ever shot. So there are 
things that I won't go into about that. I would do different, but um, it's kind of a, I get enjoyment from watching the first half with people trying to figure out what this is. Uh, you know, what just, I was like, Oh, I really didn't telegraph anything as far as like, it's a comedy at first. It's just not kind of, just kind of odd. <laughs> uh, so I kind of, I, I do like watching other people and then, whenever the turn happens, they're like, oh, and they can kind of go back in their head and they're like, they've come up to me afterwards and be like, oh, I really like that part, but I didn't know I was supposed, like, that was on purpose. You know, I think they thought it was funny, but they thought it was ultimately going to be a drama. So yeah. I'm going to be laughing at this. So, yeah, but like, so yeah, but tone wise, you guys are like, the, as an actor, you're making, you're like, you're kind of in reality and then the oh yeah, easiness of the script is making it funny. If that makes any sense, right? Yeah, and, and that's it. I mean, you know, with the the motivations going in, I was catching him with something highly illegal. Uh, the the only time I would say there's a joke out is at the the ending where it's like we broke into your place. That's the that, that's completely a joke out. But until then, <laughs> we're playing. Uh, and you know, as actors, we're in the mindset of this is life or death. This guy was really taking money away from hardworking people. And I cannot stand that. You know, it's in my mind, I'm just with this huge thief, this huge freeloader. Yeah. And I'm going to say, and I know no one else. Also, it's kind of like, um, you're, you're, I'm the one person, I, whenever I was going into detail with my character, it's, he's the only person, it's like him and another person in this department. And he's wanted to do it. And everyone everyone kind of rolls their eyes at it, but they need to have the department. Yeah. So it's him like, you know, always asking for like more of a budget, but it's like, Oh Jesus, you're just, no one cares about this, but it's like, no, we have to, we have to enforce this. I remember like uh, making a film and having to deal with a, a gentleman like this with, uh, with actor, with this, it's the Canadian, it's the Canadian version of SAG. And it was like, it was kind of like an independent film. So they were like, they were like giving you a deal in terms of the talent. But then he was such a hard ass. And I remember thinking like, wait a minute, this guy, he, this guy needs this job. Like he, they created this job for him. And it's like, it's not really needed anymore because the world has changed, but he's trying to hang on to this, his career. Right. That's <laughs> like, such a, yeah. Um, you know, I think at any, this is, this is relevant in any sort of work culture, but Let's say you're you're put into a situation where everything's running smoothly, but you're the, now the new manager. You can't just go in there and say, even if it, that's the perfect thing to do, if everything's running smoothly, everyone's happy, it's profitable, you should just go in there and not screw it up. But I feel like everyone in sort of every industry is trying to justify their own job. Exactly. So they have to have their something tangible they can put on their year-end report of like, I made sure like the code was enforced on this production and this uh -huh. and that. And it's like, man, if we were all just chill, this doesn't need to be a thing. But no, but it's, yeah, but like the people are scared to death, like in terms of like, <laughs> like, because they're going to like, if they, 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 they're scared of efficiency experts who come in to and change their, their, because they know that their job probably is not as important as they think it is. Or, or, or the scary part is that like this guy, your character who believes his job's important, even though it's not right. Right. Completely. And then you get a lot of those too, the, the, that too. Right. So it's, it, it is interesting because I remember like, um, so I, I'm just curious, did you, cause I'm, I'm assuming you're a SAG member. Have you yes. given this to the SAG people, the SAG office to, to watch? I have, 
I have not. I'm going to, but um, and we we did it technically with SAG. It was a very extremely low budget, so we were able to do it on the level with that. But I have not uh, done that. It's a very. I'm. I vote, and I'll make my opinion known with other people. But it's those meetings are always just so intense that uh, you know. Also, you put a room of actors together, myself included, and it's just you know. If there's if there's high drama, it's going to be even higher drama. If there's like a contract <laughs> negotiation, everyone has their like kind of Mr. Smith goes to Washington, you know, time where they have the floor. And it's just <laughs> it just really overwhelms me. <laughs> there's a movie right there because they do like a lot of the meeting lasts like 12 hours. Right. Because everybody else <laughs> gives their speech. Mm -hmm. That's funny. Yeah, no, it's like because it's like because you are you are right. It's like a it's like a certain like because you like you live in Los Angeles, in Burbank, but you live in California, which is the regulation capital of America, right? Where like there's so many regulations, it's like you can't. It's hard to get things done in, in California. Yeah, it's uh, I mean, especially talking to my other producer friends, uh, and that was another thing that was daunting about this, and why I kind of said for my first film one location one controlled environment because i you know i worked on i worked at usa network and tv development so i wasn't on the ground but then there was a year where i was the assistant to the creator of white collar and i just remember always they were shooting in the streets of new york and just thinking i don't see how anything ever gets done there's so much going on and so with me like an on location outdoor shoot for my first one was just like no i I need as many variables to just be controlled as possible. Yeah. They've got limited. Well, that's the independent film, right? Like that's very smart to, for you to make a film like this to get your mm -hmm. feet wet on this. Yeah. It's all about your performances too. So good staging. It's uh, you're cause you, you're the Matthew, the guy who plays the other, um, sorry. Um, yeah. Matthew plays the other role. He, he's, he's still, he sits down and you're the one who's getting up and screaming at his face and running around do you remember like what you guys practice in rehearsal with the director, like how you guys stage the film? Oh, like, God. Did you have cues I, where you're going to stand up? Like how was it or was it improvised? I was just curious how, how that was set up. Honestly, we did not even block. Matthew does not get off the, he doesn't get off the, yeah, off the, off the seat. Oh, wow. And that's something we had. We have a teacher, uh, a very great teacher, but anytime we put on a, play or a scene he was very big on movement he he would hate like he, he he might like the performances in it but he would hate how i did this film because he's very much like i want movement and action and for me i'm i love watching two people just go back and forth and kind of with um i'm kind of a believer in the economy of movement unless it's necessary don't do because i feel like if it's if it's um extraneous people can pick up on it it's like oh they're doing that for this blocking so actually it just it happened to where the one time i needed to go over there to show them the uh the laptop and read it together was really the and i kind of wanted to get i definitely wanted to have that closeness to them at some point before going back and then being on the uh kind of with the cat and mouse thing but no we actually did not block it like that it just kind of happened in rehearsals yeah, because well, he, he if you're being interrogated, you're not going to move, right? So he's right. he's scared, right? So yeah, if if you never get up during an interrogation, no. if you're the one, always the uh, you know, it's the good cop, bad cop that are moving around, that are pacing and all that.
Yeah. Yeah. Really funny. Like really good, great performance too. Like, I hope that you're, that it serves you well. I hope your agent um, watches it. What did you think of the audience feedback video that we sent you? Oh, I loved it. It, it was, it was great too. Cause it's, it's wonderful to hear people's opinions that aren't your friends and family. I just, I don't take much of what they, cause also they know my mannerisms. So there I've shown it to some people that know my mannerisms, know my humor. And they're like, Oh, that's awesome. And it's like, well, it's, you know how I am. I, so hearing from other people that had no clue, had never met me before. And this was their first exposure to me hearing their feedback on it was, it was really neat. It was really uh, humbling. It was it was nice, and it was it's cool that uh, other people found it entertaining because we had fun with it, and we were hoping other people would enjoy it. And just the fact that I, I very much I have this feeling with um, any sort of art or any sort of performance, like if it brings one person joy, it wasn't a, a waste. <laughs> yeah, it's well, yeah. People loved your film. It's great. Like it's uh, and like I said, it works on two levels. If you work in the industry, you kind of get it on a different on a different level as well. So what did you, so what's next for you? Are you going to keep, are you going to make a, another film? Are you, are you writing? Like, I know you got, yeah. your day, you got your, like your amazing day job, quote unquote. Uh, you know, vo voiceover never stops, but there is something I'm working on since I wasn't even planning on it until like, we've been getting really great feedback with this. And I was like, Oh, there's another, there's another project that is it's based it's in one location, but there's more now I'm kind of growing off of that. There's more things to do there. There's more. Uh, I know kind of the aspects of blocking and like, you know, when I some of the things I would have rather had in that one, maybe some insert shots, maybe some different things to that regard to raise tension. But yeah, there's one there's something set in a bar. The premise basically just just the the. Um, I don't know, the idea that gave birth to the script was, I always thought it was funny in movies when, or a TV show, when somebody is like, you know, has a fight with their wife or they're down, they lost their job and they're at the bar and the bartender pours them a shot and they say, leave the bottle. And I've never seen that happen. Uh, I don't drink anymore, but I used to drink heavily. I never did that. I never saw that happen. And how would that work? The shots are like $9 a shot. Like, is everybody going to measure it out there? Like, no one would ever leave the bottle, but I've seen it in at least six movies. So <laughs> I kind of do a thing where someone asks to leave the bottle and then the bartender, kind of, how that would actually go in real life. Yeah. Like, the, the conversation that would happen about the logistics of leaving the bottle, do you really need me to leave the bottle? How much liquor are you drinking? That's not yeah, I, to me, those things are kind of funny uh, in that regard. So that's the premise of the next one. No, I see. I like your sense of humor. I see it. Have you ever noticed, too, that people uh, tend not to pay for things at bars either in movies? Oh, yeah, that, that's true. Yeah, that's, uh, th there's a lot of things comped. It, and that's why, like, especially... You know, in L.A., uh, you know, growing up, I always thought like, oh, there'd be a bar you could go to every day after work. Like, you'd be broke. Yeah. Like, unless you're going to like the diviest bar and getting whatever the special is. Like, no, you can't just go there and just like hang out at someone's friend's house. It's not like Cheers, but yeah, you're exactly right. And like every movie when they go to a bar. Also, that's another funny thing. <laughs> you just kind of spawn something else. The, the thing of like when you have to leave and saddle up the check in any restaurant or in any bar scene, they're like, oh, wait, it's this. Let's get out of here. And yeah. then, you know, 
throw down a few dollars or whatever. <laughs> the money, yeah. <laughs> like that's not how, how much do you know it is? Like these things are. You know, I saw you drinking like two cocktails. Like <laughs> I can range from anything. You don't know what the tip is the tax, like yeah. But someone can steal it too, right? Like if you throw it on the bar, it's just like it's just there. You can throw down 20, 40 bucks. It's just like just on the bar. Like anyway. <laughs> It's, it's it's up there with movie things. I always thought it was funny in Entourage where there would be a line to get in somewhere. And I know Vinny Chase can cut the line, but they can't find a perfect parking spot each time. Yeah. Like there are people lined up, but yet everyone didn't go into this parking spot that they can just conveniently roll up to and then get out at. Yeah. Or like the, yeah, like the friends cast always finding, always being able to sit in the coffee shop, right? Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. That would always be a thing of like, oh crap, someone's in our, sh <laughs> or like talking about we have to get there early this time. Those are the sort of like <laughs> minutia that really get me going. Yeah, yeah. There's lots of great ideas. Well, I want to see what you do next because I think that these are kind of these are like funny. I you brought Seinfeld before about the library. Like that's those are like funny observations, right? So like they're, right. they're they make for good comedy. Definitely, definitely. Well, let's talk again when you make your next film. And uh, congrats on your the success of this one. I'm sure it's doing well in the festival circuit. And I know, like you said, you you you've learned from a production standpoint. You want to make you made some mistakes. You think your 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 words not mine, and like you right. want to make it better. I guess right next time around. It's kind of a thing where oh, I I can do a lot more with this rather than just. You know, because at the end of the day, I, I'm I like it, but it's it's two talking heads, and it's like, oh, looking back, I can also watching more and more short films as I'm been going to these. It's like, oh, there are different things that I'm picking up from other films. It's like, oh, I really like that. I really like that. I can see how that is, but yeah. So I'm I'm excited about this next one. Well, hopefully we'll we'll be able to see it, and we'll talk again in the future. I, re I really appreciate it, and thank you so much for um taking the time. And uh, yeah. Got, the film festival's been great. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, Schlemiel, Schlemazel, Hasenbeck Incorporated.